We're gonna stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. It's time, America, for the number one conservative common sense podcast that's calling out all the social justice, political correctness crap, and putting it on the run. Do you think you can handle it? So hop in and buckle up and get ready to ride with two straight-shooting, tell-it-like-it-is ex-street cops. And they know how to party with few inhibitions. As they give the special interest and weak-kneed politicians a swift kick in the ass. Wow, is that legal? With some good old-fashioned common sense. Bring it on, baby. It's Cop Talk USA <laughs> with your hosts, Marillo and French. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Cop Talk USA. I'm here with uh, my good friend and partner, Dave Marillo. Dave? Raj, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, this is our Thanksgiving show. Yeah, this is this is uh, the show before Turkey Day. Are you dressed up as a turkey today? Uh, no, no. no. Uh, you got big plans or you got a big big shootout plan going? Uh, you know, we're staying home. A couple of the kids and their significant others and grandkids are coming over. And two of my other children, they're driving down to uh, Missouri. One's going to Kansas City, the other Branson for for some family stuff there, so it'll just be two of the kids. Oh, there you go. I'm gonna stay home, and probably watch porn or something. <laughs> no, 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 I got, I got family members coming over. Hey, hey you know, Roger, I love your honesty. Hey, hey, whatever, you know, hey. you know, whatever turns it on, baby. Whatever rock and roll. All right. Oh, okay. I. Uh, well, my uh, Cyclones took a hit uh, in Oklahoma, but you know what? I was proud of them. They did they, a good job. They fought and fought hard. That's right. And uh, I think Matt Campbell's going to continue to improve that team and get them back where they need to be. COVID screwed so many things up in our world, but uh, I was proud of them Cyclones. They did a good job. And then I Iowa, they came back and beat Illinois. So uh, State of Iowa's got some great college football, bar none. Yeah, I, uh, I, that, and I'm, I'm, I know you're not into this, but I'm into the basketball scene up there. And yeah. uh, we've already played four games and we already doubled what we won last year because we only won two games but they're an exciting team they work not a lot of stars on the team but the whole thing uh, they just work harder than anybody i've ever seen and i'm just excited uh, not that i'm ready to move on football because i know we got a bowl game coming up uh, hopefully i mean friday the they play football up there against tcu and it's important uh, that they win that or they're going to be in like a bowl game in like north dakota or something well I, I think i've mentioned this before my other partner and I, we owned and ran uh, West Des Moines Little Pro Youth Football, and the AD uh, for the Cyclones, Jamie Pollard, his son played youth football for me. So, right. you know, I got nothing but respect for him. He's a stand-up dude, and uh, hey, you know what? You've made me into an Iowa State fan, Roger. Well, so. there you go. Well, and the, you know, not to disparage our Iowa fans, they're they're playing Friday at noon and against the Cornhuskers. Yeah, and there. I'll tell you, uh, that stud that helped Ankeny win last year at the high school level here of the state 4A championship, he's showing him his talent, that Arlen Bruce playing right. for Iowa. He, right. This, right. Kid's, this kid's a Stark Raven stud. Well, and he, the other thing I watched, the other, and I think we talked about it, I watched the 4A or, five, excuse me, 5A football yep. game. Yeah. Uh, Southeast Polk yep. uh, took out Ankeny, yep. and they got a couple kids on that team. That's Both teams, they have a lot of kids who's – Football careers are far, far from over. Yeah, I uh, I was impressed. I was talking to somebody. I said, because I always remembered Southeast Polk as not being that big, but uh, that school district's really grown. It's taken, you know, uh, a lot of people. Yeah, they're they're huge now, and and now their population base keeps growing. Yeah, and that's huge. I predict in the future, the three predominant powerhouse football teams in five A football will be Southeast Polk, Ankeny. 
and Waukee. They're all, all three communities are booming in growth. Well, it was exciting football. Yeah. I, I, I saw that game, and it was – well, not as exciting as the Oklahoma game to watch, but I mean, it was good quality. Oh, ball. it's good football. Yeah, the, those both teams deserve to be there. They both played their hearts out. And hey, you know, there's a winner and a loser. So, love the uh, heck onward out. and upward. Well, our hearts and prayers go out to the folks up in Waukesha. That's where that ass clown drove his car up in the parade and killed five people and injured like forty-two. Yeah, he killed like some little kids too. And then there's still uh, some children in critical condition too up there to local children's. Uh, you, you watch this crap. And I'm sure if you're like me, folks, you think, what in the hell is this world coming to when some jackass like that does something heinous like that? These people are just enjoying a, a thank or Christmas parade, and he pulls a stunt like that. Uh, well, well, well the, the, the problem I have with this is that this guy is a felon. He was out on a low bond, a mm -hmm. $1,000 low bond. Known sex offender. He, I mean, he, he just had a list. This was a career criminal. And the prosecutor up there gives him a little bond, and he campaigned on this, that he was going to let these guys out. But then they turn around up there, and, and obviously Kenosha is not the same town, and they paint Kyle Rittenhouse, and, boy, they want to hang him. Yeah. But guys like this go by, and, he's, and they're already starting to make excuses for this guy in the car. Yeah. They're already starting to make excuses. And I'm going to tell you another thing that irritates me, and I'm going to say this, and a lot of people are going to be upset, but – this is a man of color, and I normally don't address this because, to me, this wasn't a man of color. This is an asshole. Criminals are criminals. Mm -hmm. Black, white, they come in all different colors. But in this case, this was a man of color. He's a black guy, and he runs into a parade of all these white people, and he mm -hmm. kills them. And not one word is said about anything. But I guarantee you, if those roles were oh, reversed, yes. yeah. it would be race, race, race. That's all you'd hear. CNN would be up there. They'd be going. But nobody's condemning this guy not doing a thing it just makes me kind of say i hate the double standards it's the hypocrisy and and the nations had their guts full of it i i like we said before big change is coming even some of the leftists now realize hey we can't continue down this road and continue to maintain and live in the country we like living in it don't work that way the, no. these these extremists they don't like the united states but They've created the perfect storm. Well, again, and before I know Karen's going to be on me, I'm going to probably have a bunch of hate mail and hate, hate stuff. I usually, when, when I talk about crime, I, I talk about the criminals. You know, this is a guy who makes bad decisions. He's, makes, he's done all his life. He's a career criminal. You know, race doesn't come to play in this. And the only no. reason I do bring it up is because the left, those liberals, the CNNs, the CNBCs, they can't wait to do it except when – when it's obvious, yep. you know, I had, like I said, on the deal with Rittenhouse, I had people claiming, oh, that's racist. So wait a minute, everybody involved in there is white. So how's it racist? Well, they're not treating him the same as, as well, he was, he was found guilt or innocent by a uh, Pierce, by his own peers. The so. thing, the thing that I was struck by during this Kyle Rittenhouse verdict and the trial was of all the ignoramuses in this country who watch this thing unfold. And because they don't like it, it's this, that, and the other thing. And the, the extremists are trying this poor kid in the court of public opinion. Right. And that's not, that's not our judicial system. We, go, we believe that you're innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. What was it? CNBC was trying to intimidate the jury, fall on the jury bus. The judge had to bar him out of the courtroom. Yeah. I mean, it used to be the day when CBS and all those people, they were, they were news media. They didn't try to influence. They're activists. That's exactly right. They're activists. They're, they're not giving you the news. You know, boy, what, what would I give for Walter Cronkite? Oh, 
you know, a guy who just got up there and say, you know, today in the news, yeah, let's, let's, give me the news, Walt. That's all I want. I don't you, want your opinions. And what you heard, you could believe. It yes. wasn't him twisting it. It wasn't him making stuff up to fit a narrative. Yep. Uh, that's what they did. And I just don't know. It's very frustrating. And it seems like every story, you know, if it doesn't fit their narrative, they leave it alone. And uh, either way, I just think that if you take color out of a lot of the stuff and, and, you know, it just becomes criminals and stuff. It's it's a mindset through uh, decades of indoctrination. Most of these radical left-wing extremists, they don't know that they're stupid and ignorant. They really don't it's because this is the way they've been raised. Well, and we talk about this guy up there making bad decisions, right? He's a criminal. He's a, he's a felon. He got in the car. You know, they said he was involved in something, but he drove through, and he—I mean, he drove a speed and ran through it. But here's the guy that makes these decisions. I'm going to kind of, kind of pivot now. When we talk about criminals and we talk about people with bad, that make decisions and and do that, you know, our Des Moines City Council elected one of those people, and I don't know the uh, citizenry it, elected it, one the, to the yeah, Des Moines they, City they, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the, they got bamboozled, and nobody talked about this. And I just found this out. This uh, Indidra Shoemaker, uh-huh. she's 27 years old. I just found out that she had been charged with a felony, uh, an assault with a police officer with the intent to commit serious injury to him, was charged with, for disorderly conduct, interference with official acts, criminal mischief, the whole nine yards. And it got reduced down, and she still pled guilty to it, but it got reduced down to a serious misdemeanor. Since when do we elect people that make decisions – like that is that the kind of person we want making decisions based on our future and our re- income? I mean, no. But the the Des Moines City Council set up either by at large positions or ward, and she won a ward a, a ward seat that encompasses the Drake University area. And Drake University is so left, you know. You Drake well, University, Beaverdale, yeah. Beaverdale. You could you couldn't drive if you're Drake University. You couldn't drive down the road. Uh, or you're so left to center, you're going to get in a head-on collision. They're just left to center. Well, how would you like to be the chief of police who has to report to the city council where you have a person actively on the board who has already come out and said they want to fire you, they want to fire the city manager, they want to defund the police, they want to take guns out of police officers' hips, have them, have them do car stops uh, unarmed. I mean, that kind of stupidity. And I don't, I don't know what the citizens are thinking. Well, what's going to happen is the council members that uh, do – have some intelligence, they're going to single her out and her vote will mean nothing to them. She will not get an agenda going. And if she attacks the police chief, the the fire chief or the city manager or other council members, you know, organizations like ours are going to come down on her like an avalanche. We have no, we have no room in society for haters, people who've got a preconceived notion about something they know nothing about. This woman knows nothing about police work, nothing. The only thing she knows, the her only experience, like I've said, with police has been from the backseat of a squad car or the back of the wagon. Bracelets, you know, yeah, yeah. She's stainless steel. Yeah, she's been in jail. She's assaulted a police officer, and and I don't know if if to be elected an official. And this is a question I'd like to ask somebody: Is there a qualification? Can you run and take office even if you're a convicted felon? Can they do that? Can can a felon hold office? Can a? I, I, I don't. Know. I don't know. I know that uh, you know when you elect somebody. You know, any, anybody can run for office. And, uh, you know, everybody gets paranoid when they see somebody's indicted. Oh, my gosh, he's in, he got indicted. You can indict a ham sandwich, 
That doesn't mean they're guilty. That doesn't mean you're going to get a conviction. Yeah. Well, I, you know, she was involved and she pled guilty to the assault on a police officer. Mm-hmm. So she wears that like a badge and she's not oh, afraid yeah. to do it. She also was involved in, uh, I believe, uh, criminal mischief, destroying, burning squad cars. I think she was involved with the high V thing. I'm not sure on that. Let me, but I, I know she was charged with the, uh, well, I take that back, vandalism of a police car in June of 2020. So absolutely she was. But our Johnson Cone kind of let us down on that deal. He let her off the hook. He should have, you know, done that. And the other thing is, whoever she ran against, why they weren't standing at the rafters calling her out during the election, I don't know. Maybe they were afraid that Bill people. Gray was trying to keep his seat. He's a nice guy, but, you know, if you're going to get involved in politics today, I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, moderate, independent, you better be ready to get in there and slug it out because if you don't, you're going to lose. Don't let somebody box you in or paint you as this when you're not this and if you're not prepared to get nasty just stay out of it because politics is an ugly wicked game well that's right and i'll tell you bill gray did a lot for that district that, yes. all those improvements up on sixth avenue mm-hmm. he put together he ramrodded he mm-hmm. he negotiated i don't see her negotiating anything i think the other city council members are going to have to shut her down and we'll i hope see. They, i hope they do we'll they see. better we'll, we'll see what happens we'll, we'll monitor it we'll be yeah. on it you i, I can tell um, our listeners this We'll, oh, we'll, and also, we'll have folks, a report on her. Uh, understand this. I know a little bit about city councils because I ran for and was elected to the Norwalk City Council, which for folks not you know familiar with the Des Moines area, that's a suburb to the Des Moines, to south of Des Moines. I was on there four years, and I'm very well versed in municipal budgets, uh, community developed block grant money, uh, enterprise funding, all this sort of boring government lingo. And she better get right with the program because that's what is going to entail about 95% of her job duties. Well, what I think really she got on there to do between you and me, she, she now has a, a pulpit. She can stand and run her mouth without being shut down. Cause before she'd come to the city council, they'd kick her out. Yeah. Now she's got it. I think that's what she's going to do. She'll we'll see. Run her mouth we'll see. Time. Yeah. Time will tell. Hey, uh, I want to talk about the show today a little bit. We've got a great guest coming on. We're going to get him, uh, John Schaefer, former homicide detective for Des Moines PD. We're going to get him on here in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to talk about upcoming weeks because we've got some good guests coming up. Next week, we got the top cop of Des Moines coming in here. Dana Winger's going to be on. The week mm-hmm. after that, I got my favorite, one of my favorite guys, uh, John uh, Quinn from yep. uh, Waukee, Chiefs Police, well. uh, former uh, Big 12 player, Big 10, I think, at the time. Yep. That yep. Great, great football player. So he's going to be joining us. And so everybody, you certainly want to stay tuned and do that. Oh, and I'll add too, Roger, as the political races heat up starting next year locally and and statewide and nationally, we'll have a lot of the big-name folks in here so you can hear from them in person, and we'll ask them the hard questions. We will. We yep. will. And uh, we'll also have some people in. We'll have, you know, we had the uh, Carl's folks in. And we've, we've got some gun people we're going to talk to yep. about coming in. We're trying to keep it up, keep it fresh, so stay tuned. I want to uh, tell everybody, I always do this, how you can get a hold of us. Obviously, Cop Talk USA, you can go on our online there. We're also on the platforms of YouTube, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Apple, and TuneIn. One of the things I want to say, if you guys get on Spotify, and I'll have a link that will be added to our added to our, our webpage, our Facebook page, uh, click on that because that's a real good platform. It lists all the shows, and I know we've some people have said their players have stopped, and that's based on Internet connection sometimes, but that uh, Spotify is a great platform to listen to. You can call us, 1-800-431-7074, 1-800-431-7074. Leave us a message. Mail us at coptalkusa.com. Facebook, Cop Talk USA Facebook, you can do that. And uh, 
I think that's what we're going to do. Dave, you got a couple of people. I do. Uh, my brother, Pat, big shout out to him, and his son, Jacob Murillo, is a Polk County deputy. They called this week and just love the show. Uh, they're supporting it. And at some point in time, we'll get, uh, you know. Didn't uh, you say some of the Polk County deputies up there kind of giving us oh, a listen they're, too? They're digging it. And all right, all right. let me stop for just a second here. One thing we can do on this show as former police officers, we can say the things that a lot of your active officers, including your supervisors, can't say because they answer to the politicians. We don't answer to them, okay? So you'll hear the straight scoop from us and the law enforcement community that's still active. They're digging this. Oh, yeah. yeah yep. Exactly. I want to give some shout-outs, Dave, to some folks that I see. Uh, basically, I get them off, my fa- off the Facebook. I see they like our stuff. Tony Rincon, D. Ewing, Sue Meeker, Chris Molstead, Matt Grohl, Linda Powers, a friend of ours, uh, Dave Mulford. I think he's still on the department down there. Yeah, for now. I think he's nearing the end. He's li- until they've experienced <laughs> he can see the light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel. Dave, yeah, or, uh, yeah, Dave, you haven't been caught yet, so you're still there. Uh, anyway, and uh, Tina Dealer. Tina's mm-hmm. there. Bob Johnson, give him a shout-out. Yep. He, Bob, Bob uh, sent me a deal today about in Austin. They're replacing some of the officers. Not replacing them. <laughs> I they're, saw that. That's they're just, adding civilians, yeah. but I think that's like the cadet program. Uh, no, bit. what they're wanting to do down there is they're wanting to basically send civilians trained in mental health into domestic scenes where people with mental health illnesses are. And, folks, that's about as stupid of idea as I've ever heard because— Oh, is that right? Oh, my gosh. Oh. You're going to you send a—yeah, that's going to work <laughs> out. I mean, th- this they is, don't have an assault report this, they can do. Yeah, this is your, your left-wing thinking here. They, they got it all figured out, folks. Never mind the fact they have no idea what it's like to pin on a badge or take, on, take one of these trips. But you're going to send a civilian into a scene where you got a guy who or gal— who isn't playing with a full deck and who's violent. Some of these people are violent as hell. And you're going to send a civilian in there. You, you let me know how that ends. Unarmed, for you. unarmed civilian. Yeah. Because most shootings, when officers have to take deadly force, it's not because those people are square. They, they, they got their heads on straight. They're, uh, yeah, well, they'll have some new homicides, some new assault reports. Well, if you like getting your ass kicked, Put him for one of them jobs. Go volunteer. Yeah. Probably pays real well, too. You, you want to kind of see what that looks like, watch that movie, Little Shop of Horrors, when Bill Murray's in the dentist chair and Steve Martin's prying on his teeth with all them stain. Oh. Ah, hey, hey, you well, like getting your butt kicked. That's well, your job. I, you know, Des Moines had a cadet program, and it made sense. Cadets would go out, and they'd take stolen bike reports yeah. and stuff like that. That made sense. You know, there's no sense of tying up an officer uh, doing a stolen bike report. You know, they need to be for the when the— Perpetrators there, the suspect and stuff. Yeah. And I went through that connect program. It was a hell of a. It was a hell of a. You know, when you were wearing that, I thought you were a milkman, Roger. Uh, I was. I tried to be. I I, I milked it all right. Let me tell you <laughs> something. I milked that job. <laughs> that was one of the best jobs. I had the ten to five traffic units. Oh so, yeah. Or yeah. actually, it's ten to six or whatever mm-hmm. it was, and and uh, mm-hmm. drove those little postal carts around. Yeah, yeah. Would go find a good hiding spot, read the paper, yeah. <laughs> eat, eat my big crip trick burrito. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Especially off a tough night. Anyway. Um, let's, uh, Bob, we're going to go into our fallen officer segment. Would you real quick? Well, Dave, uh, we lost some officers this week and we always do this. Um, I got three that I'm going to bring up here in Independence County, Arkansas. They lost Deputy Sheriff Frank Ramirez Jr. He died in a single vehicle crash 
there November 18th and passed away. Also, Blair County, Pennsylvania, at the, the jail there, they lost a correctional officer, Rhonda Jean Russell. She was there, and prisoner turned on her. They got into a struggle. Another officer came in with his, and pulled his gun. The prisoner was holding her, and uh, he grabbed her gun, and when he grabbed it, the other officer shot, and he moved her in front of the line of fire and killed her. And uh, they ended up uh, getting him and arresting him, charging him with murder, but uh, she passed away. And that was on November 17th as well. Mario Gonzalez, I think I'm pronouncing that, Gonzalez, he was a Boone officer. I saw that. And uh, he was killed in a traffic accident off duty. That happened Saturday night. I saw that. That's kind of local. Also in the the guard, too, and leaves behind, you know. Two two children and a wife. It's real sad to do so. And we had a number, uh, uh, unfortunately, too many to mention COVID deaths. Yeah. Well, and I'll lose them every week, man. Nothing that happens across the country 24 7, 365 is these police officers are getting injured. They don't necessarily succumb to their injuries, but they're they're breaking arms, legs. Get, they're getting hit, injured, stabbed, kicked, bit. Uh, you know, it, this is a huge part of uh, the, the ultimately ends up causing attrition in police work. You can only take so many beatings before you bow out. Well, a lot of officers do hearts too. I mean, they go they go that stress. Yeah, this is this is a stressful job. If you can't handle it, if you don't handle it right, it can cause you problems. I know. And, and one, you know, I, I ran the police union and the police association for years. A uh, piece of advice, and, and most cops know this: keep your non-police friends. Yeah. Okay. Don't just hang out with cop buddies because all you do is talk shop and you talk about promotions and who, who's kissing ass to get promoted next and the trips you made and then the war stories. Right. Keep, get keep your non-police friends as close to you as you do your police brothers and sisters helps that stress he keeps you you know who does a great job of that mike moody mike yeah. was on last week yeah. he's in a band he's got a lot of non-police friends and, yeah. the, and, and he really uh does a great job of that he's a he's an inspiration so uh, anyway well dave i think it's time i think it's time bob it's time and now it's time for ass hats of the week it's time yes it's true he's a real asshole <laughs> oh, that's that's Dave's Ferris, and it's mine. Dave, do you got one this week? I do. I, right, I, once once again, it's a mass blanket of ass hats. I I just sit back dumbfounded when I watch the news and I watch all these imbeciles who upset with the Kyle Rittenhouse case, who throw fact right out the window, don't care about anything, any of the evidence. He's wrong for being there. Yet they don't talk about the three buttholes that were there doing worse criminals, things. Criminals. Yeah. Balance. They have rap sheets as long as our arms. One had a handgun. Right. And I watch all these people and I try not to stay on Fox News all the time, but I find out that they are probably the most accurate. Not always, but boy, the MSNBC and CNN and NBC and CBS and ABC, they are nothing but an arm for the left-wing Democratic Party. And and we say this all the time, Roger. We have tons of patriotic blue dog Democrat friends. Yeah, that's not who we're talking about here. We're talking about the AOCs and the the rest of the goofy squad. Uh, this president, he ain't playing with a full deck. I don't know where his VP is. It's just we're in a world of hurt here, folks. Well, he, it's he, sickening. He got to eat a little crow over the Rittenhouse deal, didn't he? 
Did he came out and said, "Oh, he's a criminal and he's a white supremacist," and and the jury said, "No, he's not." You know what? As goofy as he is, you could f- probably feed him crow this Thursday. He'll think it's turkey. <laughs> he don't know what <laughs> he don't know what he's eating. <laughs> well, I think you're I think you're about right. I I got to tell you, my ass hat kind of dovetails that, and it's the it's uh, that Thomas Bing Binger Binger, Thomas Binger. He was the prosecutor up there who rushed oh. to judgment, filed, and then did such a terrible job of process. I mean, you almost think, are you trying to lose this case? Because, you know, I tried to look at it objectively and say, do they write? I mean, any idiot looking at it would go, there's no charges here. This guy's justified. I guess I guess the Rittenhouse was chasing the other guys if you played the video back backwards. That's yeah. the only way you got well, to chase Well, just see when that dumbass pointed that AR at the jury. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he must hang out with Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. That, 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 yeah, I was waiting for that to go off. I mean, <laughs> the, Lord. this guy is probably the worst. And it, of course, he stood up and told the jury, "Well, you know, if he stays silent, he's guilty." You know, it's a sign. I mean, the judge just went after him on that deal. You can't silence isn't that's your right. Yeah, that doesn't mean you're guilty. And I just, it seems to me that they set a standards for him for Rittenhouse for this deal was so much different than some of the other people. That they do. It's too. Well, sus- he was instantly in the eyes of extreme radical leftists uh, and progressives. He was instantly guilty oh. because he was using a firearm. Of course, we know firearms—they're dangerous, Roger. If, if you went out and bought thirteen guns tonight, suffice it to say, once you put them on the counter, at some point in time, all them guns are going to get up, walk down your front steps, and go down <laughs> yeah, the street. They're yeah. going to go kill people. Those—the guns do it. Well, in, in the right now, somebody asked me about this the other day, and I said, look. I said he he has he was well within his rights. He was attacked. Bang, bang, bang. Now, does that mean if it was my son or your son, we'd load him in a car with a gun and take him to a riot? No. no. I mean, kind of, yeah, no. there's just certain things that, like I yeah, like I told you, it'd yeah. be like me on a Saturday night going down to Southeast Bottoms in a Hispanic yeah. bar, saying, you know, yeah. and, and carrying a gun. I'm probably gonna get in a fight. And I'm probably gonna have to shoot myself and out of it. Yeah. Am I gonna be legally right? Well, if they attack me, but it's just you, you just be don't. There. You wouldn't be there to begin with. And you know, yeah. most people, you know, they don't get up in the morning and. Yawn and say, you know what, baby? I think it'd be a damn fine day to go do some rioting, <laughs> looting. Yeah. You know, maybe bust a few storefront windows, oh, assault great. some police, and jump up and down on the hood of a police car like the asshole that you are. Yeah, that's nice. Well, I'm I'm pleased the verdict came out the way it should. I know they've got a couple other trials going and just completely different circumstances. You know, at the end of the day, you can't chase a guy down and you can't, you know, certain things you just can't do. But yep. any, anyway, that wraps that up. Yeah, it does. I want to get to our segment spotlight on excellence. And uh, we do that every show and we, we select a department. And we talk about them. And uh, this week I called the Altoona Police Department. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, on the east side of Des Moines out there. They've got 35 officers and three support people. Matter of fact, uh, I got some information from a young lady, Bri- Brianna, out there. Brianna's mm-hmm. her name, and uh, she knew Dave, and yep. she knows your daughter. Yep. Great gal and, and was real helpful. That uh, department's run by Greg Stallman. He's been there. He's the chief, been there for about five years. They have three divisions, patrol, investigation, and support services. They are over a city of about 21,000 people. Now, with that being said, they have a big, large casino out there. They're the only city in Des Moines that handles a casino. They've got a large uh, uh, adventure land, which is a large amusement park. They have huge shopping out there. So they get an influx of people out there. I, I would imagine that that city doubles in size from time to time. Oh, yeah. yeah they got you know, Bass Pro Shop oh, out there. And, yeah. and so... You know, and they're running that casino. That goes twenty four seven, and and so they're they're supporting. I think counties out there helping them do the security in the casino. But 
nice department, does a great job. You don't hear much about them as far as any turmoil or anything. And uh, uh, again, uh, Brianna, thank you for helping me. And Dave, <laughs> uh, we talked about it. He, mm-hmm. he thinks he did. I'm sure much. you were very flattering of me, Roger, to her. Uh, I was with the Thanksgiving turkey, Dave. He's, he's, <laughs> we're, putting, we're putting some celery at him. So. Which leads us to our next deal. Our yes. guest. Yes. David, you want to do the I'll introduce this. Uh, he's a great friend of mine. He was a uh, great friend of my late father, Abel. Um, I worked with him for decades at the Des Moines Police Department. And, and bar none, folks, bar none, uh, we, are, we are about to talk to one of the best ever homicide detectives. And he held the rank of detective. It wasn't a, wasn't a um, name. He held the rank of detective. One of the best homicide detectives the Des Moines Police Department's Detective Bureau ever had. John Shaver. John, welcome. Thank you. Welcome, John. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Not a problem. Yeah, I, we knew he get it out. Dave, Dave put this deal together, and yeah, how long were you down there for? Thirty-two years, four months, and eleven days. He's got it. <laughs> <In> Twenty-two minutes. <laughs> it's beer time. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, and and you were a detective there for how long? Uh, almost twenty-five years. Wow. Now I always ask this question. I should know this. And I don't know why I don't. To be a detective, homicide detective, do you have to go through special training for that, or is that just you learn that as you go and pick up those? Oh, uh, when I went on, I was just see lightning, hear thunder. Oh, is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes some sense. Now, Dave, were you in homicide there? No, I was in charge of fire, arson, death, and sometimes John and I's cro- paths would cross. You guys worked together? What's because a on? robbery would turn into a homicide, you know, things like that. So we, we crisscrossed. And, a, and there was an occasional lateral transfer. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about that, John. And, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll start it off here, Roger. Oh, no. uh, there was a magazine called City View. Right. Okay. And they did a big story on John John here one day. And they were talking to old John about what was one of the most prominent memory homicides that you ever ever investigated and so i'll let john pick up from here and tell tell the listeners what uh, what he told the reporters it went south Uh oh okay (laughs) now i really want to hear it what he was wanting what the guy kept asking it wasn't just me that was in there it was the whole uh section that's right and i wasn't there the day that they started and nobody told me what it was Mm mm-hmm and so the guy went back and was talking to him, and he kept on me about crime scene humor, you know, gallows humor. Yeah. And I, I kept telling him it's not, it's not appropriate, you know. I, we just don't do that. And finally, I said, uh, all right, here we go. <laughs> I said, we was over at a, at a suicide one day over on the east side. Gal had shot herself in the head with a 12-gauge. Not much left for that. Oh, mm-hmm. and and uh, I think it was Randy Dawson that was with me when he first came upstairs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I I asked him. I said, "Randy, what color are her eyes?" And he said, "I don't know." <laughs> I said, "They're blue. One blue this way, and blue blue that way." <laughs> <laughs> now that's homicide humor. Well, it gets it gets better. Oh. Okay, uh, uh, then Assistant Chief of the Detective Bureau, Bill McCarthy. He found no humor in that because it's printed. It's in this little newspaper. Oh, no. uh, I so, almost brought that paper with me. I've got a copy uh, of that. 
So it, they say this jokingly up in the detective bureau. You have crimes against persons, right. which is called the A team. Then you have crimes against property, which they called the B team. Well, I was on the B team, burglary, you know, things like that. Outhouses well, and bird baths. Yeah, that's <laughs> not, yeah, yeah. Now, never mind the fact that I went to fire scenes where there were dead people there and had to do the same thing he would do at a homicide scene, only, uh, you know, everything was crispy. So, at uh, any rate, they moved John, they transferred John, McCarthy transferred John down to the B team. And he, uh, McCarthy was P.O.'d. And here comes John down the hallway. He's got his bags packed. <laughs> what, that cart? Yeah, he, he, he looked like he was homeless. You know, he, they, they sent him down to be with Dave. And uh, oh. you were there how long? Five weeks. Five weeks. Yeah. My last day there was the 5th of May, 1995. Yeah. Because I wrote on my work report that day, Cinco de Mayo. And they... <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> and they sent me back to property or to persons. I'll never forget that. And consequently, uh, you know, McCarthy later softened up on it, you know, and, and realized that he probably overreacted. But everybody's always paranoid about perception down there. Well, guess what? The citizenry, they have a sense of humor, too. Well, yes, you, they you, do. when you're dealing with death and stuff, you need a sense of humor down there if you don't have it. You know, that's one thing. I never took my job home with me, right. ever. That's why I'm just nuts now. I'm not totally bonkers. <laughs> well, there's a... I, did, I never took my job home. Well, is there a, and I usually ask guys this, and I know you talk about that. Is there a uh, case you ever did that really sticks out in your mind that really bothered you? Or you thought, man, I wish I never saw that or, or anything. Anything really, worst case you've ever been on? Oh, Lord, that's. That's hard to tell. There's Probably a couple of them. There's a couple of them where we never made an arrest. Uh, They're just saying it once. Yeah. Well, that Eugene Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Now that was Jim Rowley's tombstone is going to say, I couldn't find Eugene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't say that. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, uh, there was a lady up on 54th South of Douglas. Uh, she's an old uh, spinster. Right. And she got, well, her brother came over and found her. She'd been hit in the face 13 times with a roofing hatchet. I think I heard, remember that. And Found in her house. Yep. Yeah. Bloodiest scene I've ever I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It was just, there was blood all over. Did it, was there some some thought that it may have been a neighbor? Yeah. I think I heard that. that and we, we screwed with that neighbor. Lou Rhodes and I screwed with that neighbor unmercifully. Couldn't get him to. No, we'd go over and in the, in the daytime while he was working. And uh, turn one light on, turn another one off, and you'll just keep doing stuff like that. And I have a question, John. I've been dying to ask you this. Uh, I don't know if it's ever been posed to you. Here it goes. Okay. <laughs> how, hold on. How would, back in your day, when you were doing a homicide investigation, how, how beneficial would it have been to you to have had DNA? Uh, it would have been great. Yeah. It would have, we was there, I was there when it first got cranked up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that would have been, that would have been good. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd have loved to had that. Yeah. I, I just can't help but think that that yeah. would have possibly helped you guys solve some things quick, more quickly or than not maybe left a cold case, you know, that's still a cold case open. Do you, do you remember, was this, did this happen when you were there? Those boys that were working the construction site, it was like a Christmas more. Uh, that was down there on f- uh, fifth and grand downtown and, uh, three, three, uh, friends 
And then there was a, a dirty bookstore operator was killed later on. Right. And that was, I was the only one there that didn't work on that. I was calling old Barney at home, see if I could get the day off. And his wife said, I don't think so because they had four homicides down there. Never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to work every Did other day. Did they case. ever catch that guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Daniel Monroe. Went in, he went in, he killed those kids. They were working to clean up their dad's work mm-hmm. construction site. Right. I remember right. that as a. I, I, you know what I remember about it, John? I, my application for PD was just about completed in the in the testing process. And my now wife, then girlfriend, and I were driving down Grand Avenue, and they were stopping all the traffic there on a Sunday morning uh, to see if maybe people who were traveling down Grand on a Sunday morning could give them any information. Because I remember for a while there was very little to go on on that in that homicide, those homicides. I remember them stopping us and talking to us. Well, we just happened to be driving down Grand Avenue on a Sunday morning. I can't remember where we were coming from, but that wasn't a street we regularly traveled. But they were stopping all the cars just to see mm-hmm. if anybody knew anything. Did they? What was the motive? No motive in this. Just some crazy robbery. Movie. I think I don't know about them kids because there was nothing to steal. But he was he the robbed the dirty the, dirty books. Was the, that the Blue uh, Nude or something? I like don't that? remember the I name didn't. of it. There, there was one of the kids was a good friend of my brother's. And it bothered my brother Pat a lot because he was from West Des Moines. You know. Well, I mean, those some of those 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 older stories. What was the one where the gal got carried out of the uh, YMCA wrapped oh, up? Oh, Pamela the, Powers. Pamela Powers. Pamela Powers. Yeah, they they got him. He just that's been a few years ago. He died in prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he should have. He should have died before then. But you know, <laughs> I, my way. I mean that 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 was a deal that uh, that was the one where uh, in all of their infinite wisdom they decided that uh they had to leave out the fact that this guy took him to the body that's that christian christian burial speech yeah. of uh, uh speed leamings yeah gave yeah. him a, he taught when you say that that was a it he, was he, a he, conversation that he played on on the guy being religious right he uh when they went over to pick him up his attorney told them not to question him right you know that which I don't see anything he'd done wrong. They were they weren't questioning. He just no, was talking. He, he was saying about you know it's got to be a religious thing. You know the family like to have closure on this, and we just like to have a body and drive in the car talking with him. Yeah, and he took him right to it. And so then they said, "Oh, you that was questioning," which he wasn't. He was no, just making no. a statement, right. and the guy bought into it. Right. You know that's that was that was just after I went on the department in '68. Uh, December yeah. of '68. I remember all those. Those those stick out. Yeah. Were was you even news. born yet? Yeah. Yeah. I was born. I was 11, John, when that yeah. one went down. I, oh. I remember reading about it. You yeah. Know, so. I, I I remember here that that YMCA just stuck out because she was down there for something and yeah, a wrestling match, a wrestling tournament yeah. with. Uh, I always thought that was kind of odd that they'd have it a place where, you know, homeless guys. Yeah, it was sad you know, because I, they found her frozen body and it's just. Uh, well, yeah. they had it down there because it was. Uh, you know, they had a gymnasium, right? And they could put all the wrestling. Because yeah. I went down there as a kid to swim. They had a swim, yeah. uh, put indoor pool and in, in, in some camps, and we went down there. But any funny stories? Any good ones like that? Any things you remember that you know? <laughs> or uh, maybe you can't say. <laughs> Leave the- <laughs> no, no, there's there's a lot of things happen, and most of them have to do with my partner. 
Big Jim. Big Jim Rowley. Yeah. AKA Hoss. Hoss The first time I saw Jim, I was down there. I think I, I don't know what I was down. I wasn't on the department yet, but I went down there and all of a sudden I see these guys walking. I got, you know, it's like that show, you know, a fifties cop show. They got the trench coats and Jim, big Jim had a shotgun and they were going Mm -hmm. someplace and you were probably with them. Going on our I call. never went anywhere with a uh, shotgun uh, with him. I, I, yeah, Shaver and uh, Big Jim, you know, there was a pair to draw from. Not only were they really good at what they did in an official capacity, they could have made a handsome living doing stand-up comedy because they were funny. They were just so much fun. What, what's Jim doing now? He's uh, living down in uh, Lee's Summit, Missouri. Okay. Uh, his son lives down there. Yeah. And uh, he... He didn't, apparently, no family up here, and he moved down there with his wife. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I've talked to him several times, and uh, his head's not gotten any smaller. <laughs> <laughs> him and Larry Stugart. <laughs> I, I put him up against Larry Stugart any day of the week. Yeah. yeah he, the, hat, the wind wouldn't blow his hat off because his head had its own gravitational field. <laughs> <laughs> it's own equator. Oh, br- yeah, that wasn't a wrinkle. Now, that now, was an equator. You're gonna, you know, you're going to have to get him on the. We got to get oh, him to listen yeah. to the he's program. A, he's a dandy. Well, so. oh, this guy. Uh, I, the, one of the funniest things I've ever, and I was always doing something to him, and he couldn't believe it was me doing it. But I, I went in the office one day and I talked to Ralph mm-hmm. uh, Roth, the mm-hmm. sergeant in there. I said, you know, every day about ten o'clock. Rowley takes his gun out and lays it on the desk and goes back to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, I said, I just wonder what would happen if somebody turned off light and throw a water balloon over there. Well, that Roth brought a squirt gun the next morning. <laughs> and, of course, I know some dummy that had to fill it with water. Yeah, me. You, got, you got the call. And uh, <laughs> I, I gave him about five minutes to get all settled in because there was no, no windows in that toilet. Oh, no. oh, it's darker than inside <laughs> of a bear's ass. Oh, anyway, uh, I gave him time to get sat down. And I just opened the door a little bit and switched the light off. And then I started squirting over the... <laughs> well, he never said anything. And I thought, something's wrong. He's dead in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got to be. Well, so pretty soon he comes back in and he never said a word. And I thought... Folks, you got to understand, Big Jim Rowley is about what six six. He's six? about six four and weighed about three hundred pounds. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't fat. He no. was a big old man. Yeah, he, he, he was, Big John, Big Jim, same yeah. thing. They could sing that song for him. I mean, there, there uh, were so many characters back then that I, I just adored them all. And oftentimes, I would pinch myself. Hey, are, are they really paying me to come down here to be entertained? And you know, people like to say you know, accuse cops of being racist. I can only think in the 34 and a half years I was there, two times where a police officer said or did something that could be construed to be racist. Most of the time, if they start teasing you about your ethnicity, it's because they, they, they like you. you. They've embraced you. I remember one, one detective, he'd see me in the hallway. And every time he'd say this, I just cracked up. He'd say, hey, Muy pendejo, frijole. That's, you're very much a son of a bitch and pin being in Spanish. Uh, I'd like to see Big Jim in a uniform. 
I never saw him in a uniform. I did. He I worked at Vets Auditorium. Oh, yeah. He oh. used to work up there off duty all the yeah, time. He, he could actually stand up and peek over the railing onto the first floor from the basement. Remember he that? He could stand flat-footed and shit in a dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, here you go, folks. There you go. <laughs> we're, 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 this is a, we need him back on the department. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to put you in charge of relations. Public, public relations. relations. That'd be your no. Dealing no. with the woke people. Karen's yeah. when they come in. And yeah. Go, oh, yeah. Lord. Uh, well, I mean, how many chiefs did you work for? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. And your last chief was? Mulder. Mulder. Uh-huh. We had Bill on the show not too long ago. Yeah. Did a great job. When I went down to get my uh, bat or my plaque and all that stuff after I'd retired, we was in, the, in that conference room, mm-hmm. you know, and he hands me my plaque and he's telling me, you know, thanks for all this stuff. And Rowley says, why don't you just give him a big kiss? So I grabbed him and I kissed him right on the cheek. <laughs> Moon, Moon said that's the only time he ever seen that man speechless. Oh yeah, that that would rattle Mulder's cage. Oh, yeah. He he was yeah he was on here. He's great, great. He's guy. a good oh, guy. And, you know, I th- you know do you know Dana Winger down there? I just know him. Nice guy too. He worked up there in detectives for a yeah. short time before I left. And yeah. then, of course, yeah. you knew uh, uh, McCarthy was there before, and Bradshaw. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. So, well, yeah, that's that's I, today. What do you think of all this stuff that's going on? This woke stuff. And I don't know how. Would you do your job differently as a homicide detective today? Oh, you'd have to. Yeah. You can't. They don't want you to do your job anymore. They want you to just sit back and watch what's going on. If something falls into your lap, do it. And there's too many of these cell phones with cameras on it to do anything. And you get yeah. I mean, and then you only catch the last part of it. You don't see what started the whole thing. Of course, you get a lot of these idiots that videotape them doing their own crime. I mean, yeah. they oh, go yeah. commit yeah. a felony well, and they videotape it and put it on YouTube. You know what? One thing that's benefited law enforcement today that you didn't have body you know, cameras and I didn't have just every street corner has a camera. Every business well, has they? an exterior camera. Yeah, seems like it. Seems yeah. like that. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. And, and the body cameras are are, yeah. are a plus. I mean, uh, the body cameras save officers more often than not by a long yeah. shot. Yeah. The only thing the body cameras are are good at doing that's bad for guys like us three is when we want to talk to them. You know? We want to get close and personal. Yeah. yeah. Have, a, have an attitude adjustment yeah. session. Up close and yeah. personal. Well, I, I could never do the job today. I no. couldn't do it. I, I, it was getting hard for me to, to do because I remember know. some some guy drove all the way down to from Fort Dodge to Mercy ER because his wife or girlfriend was had been brought down by an ambulance to Mercy ER. Yeah. And he was an ass. And I remember he was wanted on some warrants. She told me that. And so I went out to talk to him. I got in a fight with him. I thumped him. This is probably 2012. And I was told that, David, we no longer do that. <laughs> we don't thump people. You, yeah, yeah. You restrain. Stop it. Yeah. Well, uh, it's changed. Well, you know, Dave, I, I heard this. I can't prove it. But I was told that somebody got video of him headed from one of them fires with a sack full of marshmallows. There's a, there's a yeah, and making s'mores. Yeah. yeah, well, there's a lot of videos of the talk about Dave, and we will go into all that. The Thanksgiving Day turkey. That's right. Yeah, you remember that one? We t- we talked about that since Thanksgiving's coming up here. Did we right. talk about that? 
No, no. Remember the one with uh, Gomez? He was a rookie officer, went down to the Southeast Bottoms, and a really large lady was laying on the floor in the dining room choking. And so Gomez is a young officer. He's all full of, you know, helping people and saving lives, blah, blah, blah. So he gets down on his knees, and he's in uniform, and he opens her chin and clears her mouth and airway. (laughs) He pinches her nose. Just as he puts his mouth over her to start CPR, she exchanged her Thanksgiving dinner into his mouth. Oh, I didn't <laughs> Happy hear. Happy Thanksgiving. I didn't hear about oh, that yeah. one. Oh, yeah. was going to be our Thanksgiving Day show. Nobody's playing it. During the- <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, A lot of war that, stories. That right happens there. to those people. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. A, that's, folks, that's part of the job. So if you're going to come to apply, you better. It's just, yeah, you're going to see gruesome, nasty well, stuff. Well, you know. When I was working uniform out on the northwest side, the uh, morgue was there at uh, that hospital, 48th and Northwest. Northwestern, hospital. yeah. And uh, Wooters, Doc Wooters, the medical examiner, was a friend of mine. Good right, guy. Right, yeah. Good guy. And if there was a homicide or something, they I'd wait until a lot of cars were. I'd stop just see what was going on. And uh, there was some old man down on the southeast bottoms there. And was got drunk and was sitting there, and his wife got mad at him, and she hit him in the back of the head, with or in the back of the neck with an axe, mm-hmm. killed him. You know, graveyard dead right there. Right. So I go out there, and this guy's laying on the table. Wooter says, "Hey, I got to show you something." So I walked over there. They he did have just a single body refrigerator. Well, mm-hmm. he'd gotten us one with two holes in mm-hmm. it. And he opened the top one, and there was a, a body already in there. Right. And then he opened the second one, the bottom one. There was some mustard and mayonnaise. Oh, <laughs> and <God>. sandwich. <laughs> That's usually that, like, well. He was so proud of that. I, I remember uh, one of the uh, victim resource officers was up uh, in the morgue at Broadlands. And I was up there for a fire death uh, autopsy. And the VRO had the had a box of bones belonging to a homicide victim and he's walking them out of the cooler he looks at me he goes hey morello he's actually in there chilling <laughs> yeah <laughs> i thought he was gonna say barbecue i don't know some uh, ribs uh, well i mean that's uh yeah i mean doc wooters i remember him good guy he reminded me oh, of bella he, lugosi yeah you know, he uh, could play he, oh he, he was a, he yeah. was such a good guy he, he would was. come out of that he taught at our academy. he came out the mm-hmm. academy class yeah. mm-hmm. we would have a, a class and it was always interesting uh tell some stories and one thing i learned from him he taught me if there's ever a body and it's been sitting there for a long time don't move it. Don't move it, or don't when they put it in the bag. Don't press down on Ooh, it. Oh yeah, no. Mm-mm. Tells a story no. about a deputy doing that one time, and of course, uh, what yeah. happens is the body explodes. Yeah, and you get all of it. I'll tell you, and I know John would share my sentiments one hundred percent. No better a person to deal with grieving, bereaved uh, victim family members than Doc Wooters. It yeah, was, my it was, wife was yeah. a uh, nurse out of Broadlands Emergency Room. She said, if anything ever happened to me and I got killed, she said, I'd want Wooters to, mm-hmm. to tell I'll me. Come see you. Yeah, he's yeah, a good he's guy. Wonder- well, wonderful. I don't, th- I don't wonderful. think he ever had a case that I can remember that was ever overturned, his findings. They were always 100% oh, they, on the money. He was he yeah. was right there. Yeah, he was uh, he was the, the best of the best. He knew, mm-hmm. he no he knew doubt how to about do that. Good man. 
Well, guys, I got to tell you something. We're pretty close to the end of the rope here. Yeah, yeah. yeah Shorty, time flies when you're having fun. Yep. John, I want to thank you for yeah, coming John, out. Great job. Not a problem. You, yeah, we'll you want to come back and see us? <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll get a case of beer. We'll sit here and we'll just talk. Oh, we'll get we'll do the we'll under, talk yeah, rally yeah, is rally is rally is yeah the unfiltered yeah. stories. I remember the one day you the, the chicken thing out there at Forty oh, Eighth yeah. and Hickman. Yeah. All right, tell, tell that we got time. Yeah. We'll go yeah. on. This is we got to hear this one. Bajorson was coming to work and it was a foggy day. Right. And he got there and he says, "You ain't gonna believe this." He said, "There was a chicken ran across the road at, across Hickman in front of me." Uh, 48th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then about 11 o'clock he gets on here and says, come over and meet me over here at 48th and Hickman. I got over there and it was one of them, uh, porta potties or whatever. And he says, there it is. And of course, old Rowley had to show up and, and uh, we called, uh, Glade. He was a mm-hmm. uh, accident investigator to mm-hmm. take a picture of him. Mm-hmm. And, so Rowley says to Bajorson, why don't you get in there and get a picture with that? He says, no way is Mm-mm. anybody going to get a picture of me with a chicken. <laughs> so we talked Rowley into doing it. Mm-hmm. And when we got back to the office, you was listening to that story. And he he started walking out and Rowley says, Marillo? He said, if there's a cartoon comes out with this, your wife is going to be a widow. Because <laughs> Dave, <laughs> just I, so the listeners know, he's the, he was and, the artist. And he did one. Come, and this chicken was all stretched out. And he says, this big guy. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was uh, Rowley's caught choking his chicken. Uh, <laughs> well, there you go, yeah. folks. Choking the chicken. That's the, the round. Big uh, Jim Ryan. You better hope Jim come up here right, and get you. Well, look, look guys. Uh, this has been great. It's our Thanksgiving Day show. Thank you for coming out. I appreciate it. We're going to get you back. Yep. Dave? I want to wish all of our listeners uh, the best, very best Thanksgiving. Uh, it's time to spend with your family and friends. Kick back. Try to put the world's problems away just for the day. And just enjoy being in America and being a U.S. Eat citizen. some food. Watch some football. Bob? You're traveling this weekend. You travel safe, and you go up have a good Thanksgiving with your family, too. And if you need something to eat, stop by French's house. He's going to have Spam. He's Spam and porn. Fr- spam <laughs> and porn. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks. All right. Talk to you next See time. You guys. See you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Cop Talk USA with your hosts, Marillo and French.